broadcasting from just south of Los Angeles, California. This is the Veggie Power Podcast, exploring topics relating to working out, powerlifting, and everyday advice for lifting and living well. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Contorno. All right, let's veg out. What the fuck is up? Guess what? I'm back. It's only been like a week and a half and I'm already podcasting again because I promised I would finally get Steven on here. Guess what? Here he is. Hello? Hello? Testing. Is this thing on? It is. Is this thing on? Hello? The man, the myth, the legend, my husband, Steven Baldarama, who finally started listening to my podcast actually because all of you have called him out so many times because he fucking wasn't. Recap. Since the last time we talked, well, first, side note, today... Ironically, Christmas Eve, four years ago, Stephen oh my God. gave what me a promise ring, and then he changed his mind and proposed with said promise ring that he also had one for himself. So we both had rubber engagement rings, but it was an engagement. Wait a second. Hello. Hello, fans. Hello, America. In my defense, in my defense, no one in my family is married. I don't know how these routines work. I don't know how- Are you an orphan? I'm an orphan, yes. No, I just come from a series of broken relationships, broken homes. I didn't know how it worked, so I just did the best I could. So, well, we got engaged, and we're married now, so... Do you have an engagement ring now? Yeah, I got a nice one. No, I have an engagement and a wedding ring. It took me almost three years to get a wedding ring, because Stephen also didn't know the difference that there was an engagement ring, and then you get a wedding ring when you get married. So, technically, I was just engaged for almost three years. This is not a therapy session. We should probably get to Our anniversary is New Year's Eve. We've been married for three years in just about a week, and we've been together for four and a half... This is both a relationship and a marriage PR for us both. And it's wonderful. It feels like five minutes. Underway. <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are going to Dallas tomorrow for Christmas. We have traveled, so of the four years, this is our fifth Christmas together. Um, four out of the five we've traveled because we like doing that. We're not like huge family people. Like, yes, we both have mothers and fathers, but we don't have close knit relationships with our family. And we like making our own memories for Christmas. And we're going to go to Dallas. Some of the events that Ashley has picked include cuddling with pigs, ice skating, a gondola ride on our anniversary, a zoo safari that you drive through, treetop zip lining, and eating s'mores after a nice afternoon horse ride <laughs> sounds like fun why are you laughing you are so excited it, it literally sounds like uh episode nine of the bachelor like am i gonna get voted <laughs> off after this the, I, I just hope Will I you make get a rose it. i just hope i make it i want the rose so bad after cuddling with the pigs speaking of for the gondola ride for the premium price of like a hundred more dollars you could include like a message in a bottle that pops up out of the water and i was gonna do it but i was like no i can't spend that much money for a fucking message in a bottle that would have been hilarious it just, I open the fucking bottle. It's a, I look at the excuse me, I farted. <laughs> Man, you're always be small. Your calves suck. <laughs> second, Mr. Second Callouts. <laughs> Speaking of second callouts, since the last time I was here, Stephen had his bodybuilding show, USA's, the show that he's been prepping for, I would say for five years. He would say for 18 months because they extended it, but whatever. Um, do you want to discuss that? I mean, we can if you want to. Just a, a short recap. A short recap is this I got fucking rocked. Uh, I guess I could have been bigger. Guess I could have been taller. Been a little bit taller. Guess I could have been leaner. I don't know. It's uh, bodybuilding's like that. You know, you think you present the best package, and lo and behold, you're 
the seventh best package. So seventh out of thirteen second call outs. Bodybuilding is over for now. We will get into that later. Uh, some other things. Uh, I wrote these down, so they must be important. We may be getting a stimulus. We may not. There is a COVID vaccine. We may be taking it. We may not. So I wanted to talk about how Stephen and I met. I wanted to start the podcast with our story because I've never actually told it on this podcast. Um, it's a funny story and I love telling it and uh, let's go. So let's set the scene. It was 2014-ish, I think. <laughs> Math is hard. Anyways, it was July of 20-something. And I was a traveling physical therapist at that time. I was living in sunny Arizona. I just had moved from Bullhead City to Phoenix. Does that mean you work for the circus? Kind of. I, uh, I do tame a lot of animals. <laughs> and I promised my friend that I would go to Vegas with her. And I actually had two people that were going to come. We like had this little weekend getaway planned. And then after moving, I was like, fuck, I really don't want to go on this trip. But my one friend, Amy, already bought her tickets. She had, like, hotel credits, so the hotel was free. So there I was, on my way to Vegas. I came a day before Amy, and I've never, ever done this in my entire life, but I didn't book anything. I just got on a plane. It was, like, a $50 plane ride, and then when I got off the plane, I hopped on Airbnb. I got a super host that you could book immediately, and I just found it was a studio apartment by this dude, which is like a really weird situation because obviously he lived there as well. And I was like going to sleep on his couch, but I was like, you know what? Something feels right about this. I don't know. Maybe I was on like meth that day or something. So he like messaged me. He's like, all right, the key's in the bushes. Like go get it. And I go there. I get the key in the bushes. Uh, the dude comes home from work at like six in the morning. So I was by myself all night. And then he was like, he was a very, very well-educated and traveled and English-speaking gentleman. So with his accent, he was like, oh, um, I work at the, the Club Daylight, and uh, I don't know if you and your friend would like to join on the VIP list because I can get you there tomorrow. Uh, don't make fun of my accent. That's as good as I can do. And so we were like, all right, let's go. So the next day, I met up with Amy, and I told her we have VIP access to pool party at daylight from the Airbnb host that I stayed with. And then we got ready and went to that pool party. So what were you doing to bring you to Vegas, Stephen? So it was uh, 2015. 14-ish. <laughs> I went for a bachelor party. We went on a Thursday. We left a day early. Um, Vegas was never much of a planned thing for me. I usually just show up shit-faced and just try to survive for the entire weekend. Uh, doing copious amounts of drugs. Uh, until, like, somebody ripped the margarita out of my hand and shoved me in my car on Sunday and said, get the fuck out of here. So uh, Thursday, I basically got there, uh, went down to the pool. Two hours later, I was blackout drunk, and uh, long story short, I had a ticket to this fucking pool party, Daylight, and it was actually two days after that. Um, my friends had lost me, and I was uh, kind of, like, wandering the streets of Vegas, just kind of, like, partying with people I didn't know. But I had this fucking ticket for this pool party. It was a paper ticket. And uh, lo and behold, Saturday morning, I made it down to, uh, what was it? Mandalay Bay, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I was like standing in line. And there I was. And I had no shoes and no shirt. And my friends were like, you made it. You're alive. And I was like, yes. Like, we're going to rage. And uh, of course, we couldn't afford like bottle service or VIP or anything like that. So we were just going to like go in there and like 
you know, get in the nasty ass pool and like stare at titties all day. But hey, I was excited. I was still drunk. I was still loaded. So I was ready to go. You was. Side note, Steven also had a girlfriend back home. I did. Oh, we'll get into that later. Bless her heart. Bless her little big heart. (laughs) (laughs) So we're at daylight, me and Amy, and we're walking around and this skinny dude comes up to me and he goes, hey, you're pretty buff. My friend, he's pretty buff. You should go talk to him. And I look over where he was pointing, and there is Steven sitting, legs in the pool, arms on his hips, looking fucking huge, sitting. The only way I could describe it is like a sultan. Like, there should have been women, like, fanning him with feathers and feeding him grapes and cheese. But this big, voluptuous, very large black woman was cornrowing his hair. And I thought that that was his girlfriend. And his friend was like being ironic and telling me that because we're two buff people, we should go talk. But I went over there anyways, because I was already pretty drunk. And I was like, hey, what's up? And then Stephen and I began talking. And uh, that chick eventually fucked off. How dare you refer to her that way? Her name was Ladasha, spelled L-A hyphen A. Bless her, bless her fucking heart. Bless she her was, heart. She was cornrowing my hair gloriously in the sun. <laughs> and uh, so then we went in the nasty-ass pool. And we were talking for... Several hours. Boom, 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 boom. Music playing. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it was, uh, well, Stephen had these sunglasses on. And ladies, <laughs> let me tell you, you cannot judge a man by his hat and sunglasses. Am I right? You have to remove them to make sure what you think you're seeing is real. So maybe a few hours into our conversation, I was just like, you got to take these things off, man. Like, I need to know what I'm, what I'm working with here. And he, I removed them, and I was like, oh, okay, you are cute. So At any point, were you talking to your friend, like, is this guy actually attractive, or were you, like, kind of trying to bounce? No, I, I'm confident in my skill set. Okay, because me, I was, like, looking at my friends, like, is there really a woman here? Am I talking to myself? Is this a fucking lawn chair? Because I was loaded. Loaded. And when you took off those sunglasses, you probably saw that my pupils were, we're bigger gone. than the colors of my eyes. <laughs> but, hey, that's a, another life. Another story, another life. So every time I, because Stephen knew he outkicked his coverage from day one, so every time I went up to go to the bathroom, because I'm a decent human being and I don't pee in the pool, I he thought I was never coming back. He thought that that was my fuck off, I'm out of here. But I kept coming back. And Amy was talking to another one of Stephen's friends. They were having, or maybe all of them at that point, they were having a good time. So Stephen and I kept talking, kept talking. He says it's mostly me talking about me, but whatever, you know how that goes, right? Whatever it takes to impress the lady. All of a sudden... We look around, and we're the only motherfuckers in the goddamn pool. They had been, what, whistling and, like, air horning and... Hey, so, fellas, your boy, your boy, she's leaving out facts about your boy. Your boy had game. He still does. It's less now, but he used to be very strong. So Ashley had her legs wrapped around me, her arms around my shoulders. We were speaking intimately, little kisses, little nibbles. Then we look around, and they were blowing the whistles. I guess someone had thrown up in the pool. And everyone was out of the pool except for Allegedly. Us. Allegedly. <laughs> so then we get out of the pool. And then at this point, it was a perfect segue for us to say, you want to get the fuck out of here. So Amy was like, I want to take this dude back to our hotel room. So our hotel room had two <laughs> queen beds or whatever in it. So I'm fully torqued when I get out of the pool. And if you guys have ever been to a pool party in Vegas, it's like nut to butt. So I'm just walking around, hair down, beard out, stomach out. Oh, Mass- yeah. Massive erection out in my little <laughs> swim trunks. Well, I mean, as massive as I can get. Well, you yeah. were massive. This was the last <laughs> weekend before he was going to start his prep for his first ever bodybuilding show. So I was like a solid 245, you know, full of fucking tequila and, and fucking... 
and Coronas for the whole weekend. And here I am with my, my little dicky do hanging out, uh, looking for my sandals, which I didn't have, which I ended up finding them. I thought and, it was uh, cute. I just like kept like looking, like, look at your dick. <laughs> it's such a cute little thing. So we get in a cab, all four of us. Dude that Amy's with, who shall not be mentioned by name for anonymity purposes. Sure, his lawyer probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Stephen and I, and of which we took our first picture together in that cab, and I still have it. Maybe I'll use that picture <laughs> as the thumbnail for this episode. We go back to said hotel room, and... Uh, I'm about to get lucky, guys, straight up. I'm like fucking, you know, I go in the bathroom, I pull my hair back, I'm like plucking nose hairs, I'm cleaning out my ears, I'm doing all those things that you do before you get some ass. And... Uh, we already hear Amy and who shall not be named <laughs> going at it so now it's my turn it's my turn i'm finally gonna i'm gonna land the plane i'm gonna you know hide the groundhog and and i lay down and i turn on epic movie score radio on pandora <laughs> don't know why but that was my genre of choice and uh as steven was about to pull off of his pants <laughs> i was like no Let's talk about my college degrees and the weather and some other accomplishments I've made in my life because you're not getting fucked. And then we go at this for a while while hours. Well, they're going at it. This is lasts for hours. And then finally, when Steven says, "I put my foot down," it's 2014. I at least deserve a handy. <laughs> Grow up. Grow up. Look at this thing. Ha! I'm pushing it on you. You don't feel it. And I go on that note. I think you should get the fuck out of here. And uh, we had already exchanged numbers at that point. I think Amy and Boy X were done. Don't really remember. I tell Steven at the door, I wish you the best. We had a little argument, and you actually grabbed my phone, and you deleted your number. Yes. It was a big deal. Like, don't fucking call me, blah, 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 blah. Don't text me. And I was like, that's fine. Like, are you going to give me this hand job? And then you threw me out of the fucking <laughs> room. Whatever. So that was that. No, tell them what happened next. Well, hey man, it's like, uh, what's the law of energy? It can either be created or destroyed. Well, boner's got to go somewhere. So instead I went back to my hotel room. and Pouting. I hid, pouting and I hid in a closet and I jacked off for like three hours. But that's Vegas, right? That's fucking Vegas. It's Vegas, baby. That's what you do. So fast forward, uh, Amy and I finish our weekend in Vegas. It's about Tuesday-ish and I get a text like, hey... This is Steve from Vegas. But little did he know that I already looked him up on Facebook and I saw that he was dating a chick named Nicole. Long-term relationship. And I was like double whammy for this motherfucker because not only was he a jerk asking for a handy, he has a motherfucking girlfriend at home that he neglected to mention. But conversely, little did I know, when he got home... When I got home, that was the end of the relationship. I... Sometimes in life, there's just momentum, and uh, the momentum was just pushing me towards chasing Ashley, no matter what. I could just, uh, I can still feel it now, just the way that I felt. Couldn't stop thinking about her, and it was more than, like, those post-Vegas vibes where you just want to, like, listen to trance and, like, freak out in your car. It was just like, uh, it was like it had already happened, or, like, it was meant to be forever, and uh, I could just, I could just feel how much I needed it. It's, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than that. So he kicked that bitch to the curb, right? <laughs> In real talk. And uh, so I still had his number saved. So when he texted me, I knew it was him. But he didn't know that. So he went on Craigslist. 
No, what I did was I went to, uh, yeah, I went to, on Craigslist and basically I had them dump my, uh, it was an iMessage, so I had them dump my phone memory and then uh, remembering that she was from Ohio, I just called every number that started with an Ohio area code or texted every number that started with an area code. So it was probably about 15 or 20 numbers. And, uh, but it was like four years of phone numbers that I was had to, to go through. It's a little stalkerish. It's a little crazy. Um, but you know, Hey, that, that's love, it baby. is what it is. And you gotta, you gotta bet your hand, you know, you gotta play that hand. So he texted me and I was kind of reluctant and he's like, Hey, just can I call you? And I was like, all right. So probably two days go by and he calls me and, uh, it's- basically I had written a very, very sick ass freestyle rap. <laughs> and uh, I just came in hot. I spit mad fire. And four years later, we're fucking still married. So that's that. If you want to talk about <laughs> mad fire, it was more like him stuttering through some bullet points that he wrote down on a napkin at a Denny's while he was thinking about what to say to me. But it was so fucking cute that he, so he manned up and told me flat out about his ex and that when he got home, he broke up with her because he knew that regardless of whether it was me or not, that there was something else that was meant to be out there for him. And then he asked if he could come see me. And I said, no. And so we texted for about two or three weeks and he kept asking, can I come see you? Can I come see you? So finally I said, yes, if we get a hotel and if I don't end up liking you or don't want this to move forward, you stay at the hotel by yourself and you fuck off. So, what was it, like the Three Palms Hotel or something? I don't, it had a jacuzzi tub in, in the fucking the room. room. Like, I got the fucking yeah, suite, y'all. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was cool. it was like the place you take your side dude, straight up. I thought I was still a side dude at this point. I was confused. But we finally banged. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day we went to this restaurant called The Montauk. And then we banged again, guys. <laughs> He finally got that handy he'd been waiting for. It. <laughs> and at the Montauk, over our $96 breakfast, uh, we became a couple. And we did long distance for about four or five months until I... So don't get it twisted, y'all. I did move to California for Stephen. I was already planning on coming here. And my contract ran out. I was at this place in Glendale. And uh, so I was moving earlier than what I thought because they ended it earlier. Yeah, Glendale, Arizona, not to be confused. So I was going to go up to Northern California first. I was already in the process of getting my license, but I decided because of Steven and everything that was going on, and it was like late November, mid-November, I didn't want to go up north when it was cold because that was the whole reason why I fucking left Ohio was to get away from the cold. So I was like, all right, I'll give this motherfucker a chance. Every weekend for four months, we had flown. Either one of us flew here or to L.A. or one flew to phoenix it was only like a 45 five dollar flight but i think it was a little cheaper for me to fly there because i remember going a couple more times uh than you going there than you came here this is how much i did not understand la before i moved here <laughs> so steven was a union plumber at the time working in downtown los angeles and where he lives is about 25 or 30 minutes away with no traffic i he would get off of work around 3 or 3 30 I would book him a flight for 5 or 5 30. So that motherfucker had to speed home, get food, change, shower, pack, shit, shave, whatever, and get to the airport all within about 45 minutes. And I was like, why is it so hard for you to figure this out? Why are you so fucking stressed? Like one time he like just left his car in the parking lot (laughs) and like put the keys on the tire and called his friend, like, hey, come get my car because it's parked in like the red zone. 
But he, he never missed a flight. There were, there were some close calls, but he never missed a flight. And uh, so for four months, we did that every single weekend. And I had, I worked on Saturdays, but I had Sunday and Monday off. So it was convenient for me to fly out on like a Saturday afternoon and I would stay till Monday evening. And the flight was only like an hour. So it was very, very easy. We tried driving and meeting halfway once. Oh my God. It took me three hours. It took him six and a half. We met in this fucking shithole called Blythe. If you live in Blythe, fuck you. Uh, Sucks to be you, rather. Later, recently, our car broke down in fucking Blythe, and we were like stuck there in this horrible situation with these fucking hillbillies. Sorry, Colton, or whatever the fuck your name was, but it was like this weird mechanic like deliverance and thing. And we had to stay at the same hotel we it stayed at. It a banjo. It was terrifying. <laughs> and we stayed at the same fucking hotel. With the was, dogs. Oh, that was bad. And finally, we just fucking bought a new car, and we signed a shitty deal with a shitty interest rate just to get the fuck out of there. But... They did have a Quiznos. They did. And the Quiznos was fucking excellent. But now Steven has a nice Chevy Colorado <laughs> and grandma's car is RIP. So, so I moved to LA and I took several, and I mean several, shitty contract jobs here. One, I only lasted two days till I fucking quit because they were using someone who dubbed himself a PTA. I thought he meant physical therapy assistant, which is a license uh, that can be billable under a physical therapist license as long as the treatment is, you know, coerced and together and there's a plan of care. Well, this person was a, f- a personal training assistant and he was billing physical therapy units under my license. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I reported them to the board. Not that I'm a snitch, but I ain't in a position to lose my goddamn license with someone doing something illegal with the work I've worked so hard to achieve. And needless to say that chiropractic business is no longer there. But I finally, I decided I was going to stop traveling once I found the place that I loved. And I did. And it so happened to be in the same city that Stephen lived in. It was Providence, Little Company of Mary. And I worked in Neuro. Steven was still working on the construction. You loved that job. I did love that job. job. I'd still miss that job. And all the people that were there was the best experience I had as a physical therapist. I worked there for about two years. I got hired initially to work at the prison at Terminal Island, which would have been cool. But thinking about it now, we would have never opened the gym if I would have been there because I wouldn't have been able to have my phone and things just would have been different. So let's fast forward to our wedding. (sighs) And then we'll, Which one? Well, we got married twice, kind of. We, so we wanted to get married in Jamaica. We wanted to have a very small ceremony because I already did the big party that cost me like $30,000 once, and that marriage didn't work out. And I was like, eh, I don't know about this guy. Is Wait, it going to so work you, out? You were married before? Like to, to the game? or? I told you about this. <laughs> come on. Get us together. <laughs> I know he was less of a man. He only had seven fingers, but come on. <laughs> oh, no. oh too soon? Did him dirty. Sorry, Paige. Did him dirty. Anyways, uh, so we got married twice, kind of. Um, We wanted to get married in Jamaica with a very small ceremony with the people who we loved and cared about the most. And we asked all those people to come. Like our family members, my mother, my father. And if you didn't, Yep, fuck you, because you didn't go. <laughs> only seven. It was only seven of us, but... And no, my mother and father did not go. Neither did mine. <laughs> so... There was only like five weeks from the time that we were going to have our ceremony in Jamaica to when we were leaving. And I was looking in Los Angeles because we needed a marriage license. But in Jamaica, because we were going to do it on New Year's Eve, like the uh, United States consulate was closed almost the entire time we were there. And we would have had to drive off the resort and do this filing. So I was like, let's just do a courthouse thing 
here in LA just to get the marriage license. And you can only do it on Fridays by appointment between one and four only. And at that time, I didn't want to take off work. Stephen would have had to meet me downtown like in his dirty ass plumbing clothing. And so I had an idea because in between that five weeks of when we were leaving, I was competing in the USPA World Powerlifting Competition in Vegas. And I was like, babe, let's just get married in Vegas. And Steven said, no. But when we got there, I was like, babe, let's get married in Vegas. And he was like, fine. Only if. Only if it's by a midget and the midget is dressed like Elvis. A quick Google search later showed us about 36 results for Midget Dressed Like Elvis. Black Midget Elvis. They have Russian Midget Elvis. They have Michael Jackson Midget Elvis. Oh, man, they have everything in Vegas. Everything. You could... So getting married in Vegas is actually a two-step process, truth be told. You can't just walk into a place and get married. You have to go to this... The It's basically like a DMV for marriage licenses. Like you go in, you get a ticket number, you wait in line, there's people at windows, you fill out the paperwork, and then you can go and get married take that license somewhere else so it was like late it was like 10 or 11 at night we went to the it's in old vegas we went to the place we did it and then when we walk out it's like you know those people who have those cards that are like standing on the street and they're going pretty ladies pretty ladies they're like the prostitute cards it was like that but people had flyers for different kind of people to marry <laughs> yeah they did there's like 10 or 20 people like hustling you like oh you want to get married here i got a special deal i got michael jackson i got frank sinatra blah 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 so we're like, oh, we're good, we're good. So the that night, I book for us like a day or two later to get married at this chapel um, by the Stratosphere. It's called like the Little White Chapel by Midget Elvis. Our friend, well, Stephen's best friend Dee and his wife were in Vegas with us, and it was actually Stephen's birthday, ironically, the day we got our official marriage license in Vegas. And we didn't tell them what we were doing. We're like, hey guys, we have a surprise. Just let, we're going to go out. It's Steven's birthday. Steven doesn't even know what's going on. We're going to have a great time. So knowing who we are, they dress up in like fitness gear, like tennis shoes, sweatpants, t-shirts. Like they are not fitness people, but they were so nervous that we were going to take them on some like conditioning hike. It was like they were going to do an obstacle course. They were fucking nervous. We took them to lunch and we're like, we're going to get fucking sauced because we're going to go deal with this uh, little person, Elvis. So we were going to get wasted and we're going to get them wasted and it's going to be this big reveal and like... You know, my friend Denisio, he's like a big eater, but he's like, I'm going to have a light meal because I don't want to throw up on this hike. And, and they wouldn't drink be- as much as us because they were kind of like, you know, I don't want to be put through this. I don't want to have like this. I don't want to be drunk when we're doing this physical activity. And so Ashley and I got drunk instead. <laughs> and then we get in the Uber and we drive to the little place. <laughs> And then we pull up in there. They still had no idea what was yeah. going on. <laughs> and uh, so finally, like, we walk past the chapel, and Steve and I are, like, snickering, like, hee, that's it. <laughs> and then, so then we tell them what's up, and they're, like, so excited. And yeah. we actually got, like, a 12-pack. Yeah. And then they started drinking. Yeah. And uh, we go into the place, and they're, like, you cannot have alcohol in here oh whatsoever. God, you is... need to be sober. This is a, a serious event. And we're, like, what? This is illegal. What are they saying? I don't Maybe know. had some sh- kind of spiel about how serious it was. And then this three foot five motherfucker dressed like Elvis with a thick Russian accent walks out and he's like, hey everybody. And we're just like, eh, like what are we, we're gonna take this seriously? Are you fucking kidding me? So like we're just fading these beers and we're acting all fucking ruckus out. Yeah. So we were waiting. There was like a couple who had to have been like just turned 18 getting making, married before Making a us. horrible decision. Yeah. They had like a glass case full of like bouquets and like fake rings and like all the stuff if you needed it. So... We go in and like there was, we paid, it was like 500 bucks for this package. You got five Polaroids 
Elvis sang you one song <laughs> down, the aisle. down the aisle, and then you couldn't record or anything, but our friend D still recorded. So he walks me down the aisle to Fools Fall in Love with his Russian-ass <laughs> accent. And he's, like, jumping up on the pews to be, like, eye-level with everybody, like, holding your hand, and, like, he fucking, he, he earned he his money. He did a show. He earned his money. He had our names on his hand on a... Post-it. Post-it note. <laughs> and he's like, all right, do you, Esteban. Take this woman. As he's reading them off the post-it note, because he obviously couldn't remember our names for 10 seconds. Actually, to be your hunk of hunk of burning love. It was awesome. Like, there was a moment, though, where when it was like, I do, I do, that Stephen and I looked in each other's eyes, and we both cried. I was crying. Like, that shit was an emotional. It was just so, I don't know if it was cathartic or what, what it was, but like, even though that dude was goofy and the whole thing was like very out there and I was a little drunk, it was just like so intimate because it, it was real. just us four. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I love the shit out of you. And it was just like, it was an amazing moment. Like, I, I know it was goofy, but it was just, I couldn't help but enjoy the emotion of the moment almost more than I did our actual wedding. Yeah. Because it was just like, wow, we're really fucking doing this. Like, yeah. And this is like legit. It was just, uh, I was like overcome, man. I fucking really shed tears. I made us wear matching outfits. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and just uh, the whole thing was like cheesy and very Vegasy, and they're, you know, the lady's like walking around trying to stop our friend from filming, and we're like drinking beers, and she's trying to take our beers during the ceremony, but uh, yeah, that for that one like 10 or 15 second moment, it was like, holy shit, my life, man, we're fucking doing this, I love the shit out of this moment. It was cool. And then, they sang you out, didn't they? What did yes. he sing another song? Because we paid the extra money. Yeah. So he sang you another song. I can't remember what it was. Something. Yeah. And then uh, and then the motherfucker runs up and demands a tip. <laughs> like, like fucking tugs on my fucking bottom of my sweater. Like, hey, Hand out. Hey, bro. Like, you gonna take care of me? And I'm like, yeah, dude. If you like... Let, you know, let us pick you up and throw you around. I'm an asshole. So I was drunk. I'm like, yeah, let's pick you up. Let's let's do this. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And I was like, dangerous. Then, I, then I can't give you dangerous. a tip. That was just 500 bucks for like a 20 minute ceremony and three Polaroids. But it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. It was one of the coolest things I've done. It, it was so cool. <laughs> so fast forward to a month later, we go to Jamaica for Christmas and there were seven of us, our, Unders. yeah, our best gay friends married us. We just... It was like, all right, on Saturday around 4 p.m., we're going to walk over here and get married. We, like, scoped it out earlier. It was like we were on one resort, and there was the resort next door. And they had two different uh, gazebos. So we walked over during the day. We're like, let's do it here. So we walked over. There was a bar. We all got a drink. We socialized. We chatted. You know, I was in a dress. Steven was in a white on white linen. He looked good. <laughs> Looking fresh. And uh, we did it in the gazebo. We did pay someone for photography. It was like 500 bucks. I think it was 700 bucks. I it think. was expensive. I remember when he told me the number and I was like, had that moment in my stomach where I was like, oh God, like this isn't happening. And we got 40 pictures and I was like, is that going to be enough? So after the wedding, uh, I remember it, it was non-scripted. We all just talked from the heart and there was a, a moment about Swiss cheese somewhere in there, <laughs> but it was an analogy for life. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, it was beautiful. Our two friends that married us are also our business consultants, and they were just like very, very intelligent and just uh, emotionally in touch. And they, uh, you know, they led the kind of ceremony, and it was just uh, one of my really close friends. My cousin came because she was uh, in Cuba at the time, and it was just, uh, it was just so from the heart the whole thing. And we were kind of like. 
we just kind of sat in a circle and just like discuss love and just discuss the future and just what intimacy really means. And it was, it was nice. It was nice. It was very romantic. It was at sunset. And then we went and took the pictures that they're so <laughs> fucking beautiful. They look like they're edited. They were beautiful, but they, I don't know, 700 bucks. It would have been cheaper to fly my little friend Ray down there to take it the would've. fucking pictures. Ray's not little, <laughs> but anyway. Two seated. It, when we, the next day, when we go to look through these photos, it was hard to find 40 that we liked. I was no. like, fuck, we should have got the 20 photo <laughs> package. Cause like, not that they were bad, but like how many pictures can you take? Which yeah. is two fucking people walking around on the beach. beach yeah. Like, uh, so it was, it was awesome. And then we went to Cuba for our honeymoon, which was so fucking cool. And, uh, thank you, Lindsay, for being my chaplain. Uh, cause at the time we bought the tickets, you were allowed to go to Cuba from the United States, but at the time we actually went, you weren't. So we declared that we were there on a religious mission. And if you know anything about me and Steven, that's very ironic, <laughs> but I, uh, told my friend Lindsay, I was like, Hey, I typed up this letter and you're my chaplain from the praise chapel church. If, uh, they need to contact you about our religious mission that we're going to, we like went in all these chapels while we were there and took pictures of like the ceiling and to document that we were really like on a religious mission. It was funny. But it it was really easy when we got back to the United States. They're like, you went to Mexico, right? And we're like, no, we went to Cuba. The dude's like, you went to Mexico, right? And I was like, yes, we did. Stamp, stamp, bye. So we came back from Cuba. Oh, my God. Cuba is a fucking blast. It's fucking awesome. Even if the weather sucks, it's a very cool place. But just don't eat the lettuce. Just don't eat the fucking lettuce. Do you, do you guys want to hear a story about how I knew Stephen was the one? Even after we got married, we're on our honeymoon. This was like... I wouldn't say it solidified it because the story's not solid. <laughs> <laughs> There's weird things about Cuba. There's weird things about Cuba. Uh, the younger people do not like uh, Americans as much as the older people. So, like, your waitresses and shit, they don't like you too much. So, it's very, and so we don't speak as, as, any Spanish, especially as quickly and as eloquently as they do there, even though I try to tell people that Ashley speaks Spanish all the time. No, we, we start an interaction with a Spanish speaking person, <laughs> and Steven walks up. He's like, Oh, my wife speaks Spanish fluently. <laughs> and then they look at me like, Oh, okay. And I just have this dumbass look on my face, like, No hablo espanol. <laughs> So, like, me being a bodybuilder, I was, like, I'm 250 pounds. I need to eat. So we found, like, a couple restaurants where you go to where they would, like, be really cool. they give me a plate of eggs, blah, blah, blah. But they're, they rationed the eggs there. So if I went there and I had, like, a five-egg breakfast three days in a row, well, guess what? Those motherfuckers are out of eggs now. So we had a trouble. We had a lot of trouble finding, like, good places to eat where I could get what I needed from these places. Um, so, but finally, we wanted to go out to a nice restaurant because they have, a, they have two types of restaurants there. They have the state-sponsored ones, which are, like, basically, like, they try to make them look like five star. They're like theatrical. They're so yeah. heavily themed. They're, yeah, and there's a like you know a course menu, and the waiter comes up like holding a, a a towel over his arm, and he's wearing a full tuxedo, and it's it's very dramatic. And then they have the other restaurants, which are like basically in people's houses, because I don't think they have the kind of, same kind of inspections we do here. Those are where we were eating, but we decided to go out to a real dinner nice at, one. at one of these nice restaurants because it's pretty cheap and and it's a good experience. So we went to. One was, of these places. It was like an Italian place, and we had like a five course dinner, yeah. and then they had a beautiful salad. It was so everything. We had no was so greens colorful. the whole time we were there. Yeah, because it's so hard to find like lettuce and things like that at these other places because they just serve a lot of meats and breads. And uh, so order the fucking salad, and oh my god, it was so colorful and just oh, just tasted excellent. So that night we go to bed. <laughs> and I usually wake up before Stephen, and the next morning I did. We had this amazing condo. We were on, like, the 10th or 15th floor, like, overlooking the water. It was all marble. It was so fucking cool. And uh, the bed had all, like, it was all white, like, linen, nice sheets, and there was a brie. It was, like, picturesque, right? Well, I wake up that morning, and I shit myself. <laughs> and, like, literally, like, liquid 
shit and it's all over the bed and I'm like, oh my God, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, holy shit, like I'm on my honeymoon. I literally <laughs> shit the fucking bed without even knowing in the middle of the night. So I get up and I like clean myself off and then I go back to the bedroom and I look over at my loving husband and he shit himself too. It was so like I was leaking like, out of me. It was so fucking horrible. And uh, it was just... And that became my life for like the next five days. It was like I couldn't be more than 20 feet from a bathroom at any time. And like I said, when you eat at these restaurants and shit, it's like you go into like someone's second story kitchen, uh, like their dining room, like a person's dining room. And they're making you a nice meal, but you got to use the bathroom. And so me, I got to go in there and blow up this poor old lady's bathroom after she's serving us a nice meal. Oh, man, it was... It was a rough couple days. But that's how I knew I really loved my husband. You know, a a couple that stays together shits back together. (laughs) I'm surprised we didn't get a bad review on that one. I know. Like, that's a little worse than leaving the lights on. I washed washed them heavily. But you know, it just smelled like shit in there, I bet. Like, you you can't hide that. (laughs) So we come home from Cuba. Steven lost, like, what, like 20 pounds? 20 or 30 pounds. It was, like, straight up E. coli, I think. Like, I was... uh, the whole, like, next two weeks or week and a half about, I was just shitting at work. Like, no, and then everybody got ate something on the plane oh, on the yeah, ride home. Oh, yeah, the chicken. It was like the chicken plate. Good thing your girl doesn't eat meat, <laughs> and I was fine, but the line for the bathroom on this plane home was, like, from the back to the middle, yeah. deep, yeah. of people just blowing it up. <laughs> Wait for the toilet. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that was rough. Never been happier to not eat meat in my life. That. Yeah, that was a bad one. I don't so, think I ate it or something because I wasn't in the line. I don't know. Double duty. Yeah. Double duty. Yeah. So our entire relationship just about Stephen was telling me that we need to open a gym <laughs> because living in L.A. logistically, it's a nightmare. If you want to know more about the details of opening a gym, a lot of you guys ask questions about that. I did a whole podcast on that, but the gym was created out of necessity. And when we came home from our honeymoon, I finally agreed, fine, we'll open a fucking gym. Like, we'll look into it is what you were saying. Yeah. And when I dive into something, I don't <laughs> care if there's concrete three feet from the bottom, I dive head first. And we had a vacation planned for that March, which we planned well before our wedding. Uh, it was to go to Greece. It was a cool fucking trip. Oh, dude, it sounded so good. Like a two-week trip, island hopping, like (laughs) all-inclusive fucking. I got this killer deal because I'm very, very frugal. And we, it was like the momentum for opening the gym just kept going so much that we made the decision to forego that vacation completely. Steven went to work, and I went to work on the details of starting the logistics of the business, finding a place, equipment, like all of the things we needed to do for those two weeks and South Bay Strength Company was born. We don't really need to get into, like she said, she did the podcast about the details of the gym. But what I remember from that, uh, a lot of the questions that we got are like, how do you know when you're ready to start a gym? Or how can I start this? Straight up, this is the easiest way to look at it. We saved up about 60000 bucks in cash. And we made sure both of our credit lines were completely paid off. Uh, except for Ashley's student loans. We both had excellent credit scores above 700 and we both had endless amounts of credit to pull from at that point. So uh, that was when we knew we were financially ready. Now, there's a lot more shit that goes into it, but that's like a good place to start. If you're trying to open a gym in California, you need at least that much, which or we ended up needing about two and a half times that much, but uh, that's a good place to start. We were going to buy a house with that or put the down payment for the house, but we ended up putting it all into the gym and borrowing the rest and putting that out of the gym and then borrowing some more and putting that in the gym as well. We maxed out like every credit card we had <laughs> and took out some loans, but hey, here we are now. Opening. Here we are now in fucking massive amounts of debt, but our gym is sick as fuck. It is. 
So once we're, right now, it is Christmas Eve, as I said before, our, we're moving and expanding our gym, we're calling it 1.0, into 2.0 in around March, so it'll be pretty cool because it's going to be ex all, just about three years to the date of when we signed our initial lease, we're moving from a 2,000-ish square foot place to an 8,000 square foot place. I will be doing a podcast detailing the events and circumstances that have led to our growth uh, and all that's happened, good, bad, ugly, and excellent during COVID. And the goals for next year. Yeah, and the goals of what we want for the gym and for all of that with the expansion because it's a lot and I don't feel like that's the this is the right time to talk about that. But moving into this new gym, we're going to have new roles. Our gym has been staffless since the day it opened. No one works there. Everything is in the background, and it's a lot of technology that keeps it running. But at this new gym, we're both going to have new roles. I'm going to be there full-time doing physical therapy, and Steven is going to be the head maintenance man. Maintenance man. Maintenance man. <laughs> doing everything the maintenance man can. Maintenance man. Maybe he'll have his own segment on all of my podcasts. Hopefully I get some like sick ass coveralls. Maintenance man. Doing everything the maintenance man can. We're going to have a little <laughs> list and people can write little jobs for him to do. Like lick Ash's butthole. I don't know. We're going to get into butthole stuff later. The, the, toilet, oh, the toilet smells weird. Handle that, Steve. Yeah. So anyways, he's not going to just be doing maintenance, but he's going to be basically like the general manager of the gym, doing the daily operations as far as things that need to be handled uh, with the gym and keeping it open and moving. Because we're kind of in a place that's like, you know, when some a couple has a young child and then making that decision of well do i hire a full-time nanny to watch my child and go back to work and spend 70 to 80 percent of my salary on child care for someone else to watch my child or do i just stay at home and we figure out the difference that's kind of where we're at now with steven going back to work steven's had a very unusual year as far as working goes but his bodybuilding career we took a reprieve for his work and then due to COVID he's out of work but the decision has been made that it's just more financially advantageous for us and better for our business for him to be in the gym full-time as an employee as opposed to be on the construction site dying on the inside and the outside. <laughs> I don't have anything to say about that I'm excited uh, it's something that we've talked and fought and talked and fought about and I just feel like uh, money isn't everything and uh in hindsight, I want to look back at this time in my life and I want to uh, reflect on thoughts of like, you know, being present with my wife, being present with my business and taking vacations and doing exciting shit. And I don't want to be like a slave to some union shithole construction site that if I died on Monday, they would replace me on Tuesday. And those of you that work construction know what it's like. You know, you don't hate it, but it's also like if you get the day off, it's a fucking day off and you don't want to think about work. So, uh... I'm excited. This is a new chapter. I'm a little nervous, but uh, I'm sure I'll do just fine. You will. It's okay. You have a boss that will keep you in check <laughs> if needed. So this kind of leads into Steven's bodybuilding show. So there was like a lot of our entire world pretty much revolved around getting Steven to this point for his bodybuilding show as far as like the business, us as a family unit, us as a husband and wife, and him personally like if if you want to be successful in the sport at a professional level, it takes everything and everyone in your world to be on board or that goal is going to be very difficult to achieve. And it was very difficult for me personally to like set my ego and the things I wanted to do aside 
well, he achieved that goal because I'm a selfish little asshole. But also, COVID really made that easier because I fucking love traveling. If you know me, if you know anything about me, I love nature, I love being outdoors, and I love going places. So we stunted that uh, pre-COVID because of it's very difficult to travel while having a regimen and eating and training and dieting schedule. But additionally, COVID made it easier to give that up because we couldn't. So it was actually perfect timing for Steven to prep for this bodybuilding show. I mean, saying all these things about bodybuilding, I know that it's uh, it's different for everybody. But me, my genetics, the way that I'm made, um, I need to apply myself 1,000% to every aspect of it to, to even make gains at the level that I'm at, whatever level that is. So that means like... You know, if it's leg day on Friday, I'm not eating nothing weird on Thursday because I want my stomach to be and my digestion to be straight on Friday. Um, I wouldn't go anywhere that was too far away from my food because I would get anxiety that I wasn't going to have the calories that I needed to recover from the workload that I was putting on myself. So you can kind of get the gist of why uh, this would kind of take over both of our lives because I wasn't too comfortable traveling because I would have to be carrying like five or six thermoses around at all times. And then every time I wanted to eat, I'd have to sit down and eat. So it was... Uh, it's uncomfortable, but that's how it was for me. That's how I bodybuild. That's how I uh, compete. So um, having COVID happen, when COVID happened, I was, I was excited, honestly, because uh, like it was a good time for me just to fucking shut off the entire world. Didn't have to go to work. Uh, I didn't have to deal with, I didn't have to deal, I don't want to say deal with, but I didn't have to. Uh, Be on board with all my adventures. <laughs> exactly. We'll just put it that way. I didn't have to, uh, you know. I didn't have to do that with Ashley. I could uh, just say, hey, it's training time, no Guess matter what? what it was. I'm going to sit on the couch, and then I'm going to go eat, and then I'm going to sit on the couch, and then I'm going to watch <laughs> some TV, and then I'm going to nap, and then I'm going to sit on the couch. Exactly. Like a, <laughs> like a good bodybuilder would. And I, and I bulked up to like 300 pounds, and then uh, I was cutting down for USAs, which was supposed to be in July, and I think I was about eight, or eight weeks out, and they rescheduled it to December. And uh, that was pretty tough for Ashley because we'd already decided this was going to kind of be my last show. And um, I felt like I was pregnant. And we were about to have a baby. And I was so excited for this birth of this new child. And then they were like, God was like, just kidding, eight more months of pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, and for me, I was just like, so in the moment with everything that I was like, okay, we're just going to shift gears. We're going to put back on more weight. And then we're going to go until we, you know, we're going to push as hard as we fucking can until we literally can't push anymore. And, uh, you know, that's what I did. And, um. So the show was just. Three weeks ago yeah. in Arizona. It was originally in Vegas. Then they moved it in July when they canceled it to California. And then about two and a half weeks before the show, they moved it from California to Arizona. Something like that. They moved it all over the damn place. They, they put on a good show. It was a good event for bodybuilding. As far as bodybuilding goes, as, as uh, strange as those events are. Um, I just hot off the presses, got Steven a new belt that <laughs> is imprinted on the back. It says Mr. Second Call Out 2020. <laughs> I got fucking smoked. Uh, you know, I, I honestly, like I did everything that I could. So I'm not embarrassed or saddened. I'm a little, at first I was a little bummed out cause I felt like I could have done better, but Hey, that's how bodybuilding goes. You get what you get. And, uh, if I deserve more, I would have got more. As an outsider, like looking at, especially someone who participates in a different sport coming from someone who used to do bodybuilding, but I was never good at it, nor did I take it to the level that Steven did. But like it, it for me, it just felt like, so we, he prepped for this for basically a year and a half. And then 
two minutes on stage, it's all decided and done. Like they, they looked at him for about 45 seconds and then all of a sudden he knew he got seventh place. And coming from a sport where it's like an all-day activity, where it's like you know how you're progressing compared to the other people in your weight class and overall and what you're hitting and it's based on your individual performance. It's just such, it just felt like a magician just took the tablecloth <laughs> off of the table and you're sitting there like, what just happened? I thought there was a tablecloth here. It just happened so fast that like, it wasn't even until like the next day or two where we really like, it was like, oh, well that's what fucking happened. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it goes. We didn't go to the night show. Um, we went on a nice little three-mile hike, and it, we just kind of discussed what our lives are going to look like. We and drank beer, and we had some tequila shots with my training partner. Yeah. Tequila glasses. Yeah, those were some big-ass tequila shots. And it was just, like, nice. And I'm about to get real and emotional here. Like, the past year and a half has been very difficult for us as a husband and wife, where we took a step back from our romantic relationship to help and push towards this goal of this physical milestone achievement because I am all like, I, it's not Steven doing the sport of bodybuilding. It's what bodybuilding takes from every other aspect of his life. If it wasn't such a difficult sport in that arena, I would be more for it. But it's like our relationship and a real life can't coincide with bodybuilding at the level of professionalism that he wanted to take it to so that's why I was kind of like I not that I'm not going to support you if you do another one but I might not be as happy about it I didn't want to say it's it's either me or the sport I would never force an ultimatum on our marriage or our relationship my mom did that to my stepdad and it was like the worst thing she made him choose between him or her friends or him her or his friends and it's just like it's love isn't conditional like that and, um, but I'm really glad he made the choice to, you know, say that this was it because he realizes all of the things that it took away from us. Yeah. And when you, uh, when you deal with people who are young and successful, um, calling us young and successful, fuck it. Not very modest of me, but it is what it is. When you deal with people that have extreme hobbies and extreme interests, um, you know, those extreme hobbies and extreme interests, they take extreme amounts of focus and they're doing things at a level of intensity that, that uh, there's no balance. There's no balance in other aspects of your life. And uh, to go back to what I said before, um, I I could sense that I was emotionally unavailable um, when I was bodybuilding or when I was focusing on being a competitive bodybuilder. So I, everything, let me backtrack. Um, I've accomplished nothing in my life that means anything. But... The thing that I'm most proud of is the level of honesty and intimacy that I've cultivated with my wife. This marriage is, it's been, it's wonderful. I, uh, I'm so fucking proud of it. And I know I put a lot of stress on it while we were doing the competitive bodybuilding thing, but um, I know it can take it. But I also know that that's not fair. And I don't want, uh, I don't want the story to be written of us when we're older to be like, why did you waste all this time, uh, you know, putting someone you really care about uh, off to the side for something that doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, bodybuilding doesn't fucking matter. Nobody cares. And, uh, the amount of distance that I was putting between, uh, Ashley and I was just, it, it makes me uncomfortable to think about it now. And I'm just glad that she's still here <laughs> because there was uh, a lot of times where I probably would have left me. Okay. Like it's, and that's just how it fucking is. And I'm just glad that we can, uh, moving forward, you know, we're going to, goals for this year, getting into the next thing we're going to talk about, I really want to focus on our relationship and, you know, reconnecting romantically 
and uh, don't cry. (laughs) 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 Reconnecting romantically and just getting back to where we were uh, before, like, I got so sidetracked with this fucking endeavor. And um, does that mean bodybuilding's over? Yes, it does for now. Uh, Maybe in the future one day, but I could never do it as seriously. I personally could never balance my life and my relationships and uh, the way that I do things with bodybuilding. It just, it's not natural. There's just no... No way to balance it. So, yeah. uh, well, when the show was over, he didn't tell his coach that he was, you know, it's not good to tell your coach going into your <laughs> the biggest show of your life like this is it. <laughs> so we called him that afternoon, and he Phil was just like right away was like, yeah, I get it. I've seen. I mean, you're the one who talked to yeah, him. Yeah, it's been you know bodybuilding destroys relationships, and if you see anybody that's out there, they're mostly single, and uh, and if they're not single. I would even say that maybe their relationship doesn't demand the same level of intimacy that my relationship with Ashley does, and that's that's not a shot at her because I'm an intense fucking guy, and I like everything to be intense. I like my training to be intense. I like my fucking love to be intense and raw, and I like to fucking feel it, whether it feels good or it feels bad. And uh, in order for me to, to exist with her in that intense-ass realm, I need to be focused on her. I can't be, like, constantly worried about, oh, my God, I'm two minutes past fucking meal two. What am I going to do? I can't be, like living in in that weird kind of Tupperware lifestyle. I need to be fucking present and emotionally available. And well, let's just say that since the show's been over, about T-minus three weeks, it's been a 180 in our relationship. <laughs> like, people have been saying, like, you look so happy. Like, oh, my God, you're glowing. Like, what's going on? I'm like, my fucking husband's back. Like, this is the reason why I married this motherfucker. Like, I fucking love him. And it's been a long time since we've felt emotionally connected. And the fact that after one day, it's already back in there, it was never gone. It was just turned the volume was turned down a little bit that's like a kind of like a little bit of advice i would give out not that i know anything i mean i've been married and in a successful relationship for a few years now but i would say there's it's like it's it's not always going to be a fucking straight line of passion and love and all this bullshit you play different roles you know and for the last year or so i can know i know ashley has loved me but she's been more of my you know Caretaker? <laughs> Is that what you call the person that wipes your ass? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, she's just been, she's been more supportive and uh, pushing me and less, you know, we've been less romantic. And we, to get into the next set of questions here, uh, during prep, it's 18 weeks long. I think we fucked three times. You know what I mean? And, and, and one of them was because <laughs> I woke up to the sound of him jacking off in the middle of the night and he enticed me to help him finish. Hey man, when the trend hits, you gotta fucking go. You know what I mean? Shit goes Hollywood. It could be fucking eight in the morning. It could be three in the morning. It's time to fucking go. So, uh, but yeah. I took that, that day. <laughs> Let me tell you, I needed it. So Scarce. I mean, like, and, and you have to put that, if you want to succeed in other avenues, you can't be... There's no way that, and, and it's kind of the same when Ashley preps. It's not to the level of bo- a bodybuilding prep, obviously, because there's less drugs, there's more food, um, there's less stress. But, I mean, she's fucking focused, man, and, and that's the priority for both of us. And when I was competing in this bodybuilding show, that was a priority for both of us. And you can fucking feel that. You can, you can feel, I could feel how bad towards the end, yeah, there was ebbs and flows where she would be pissed off or, je- I don't want to say jealous, but just like, kind of like, look at me, look at me. She needed attention as well, but at the end of the day, I could feel how bad she wanted me to do well. And uh, during peak week and when it was real hard. If it came, whether it was helping him with his food or shaving his asshole <laughs> or wiping his asshole, I was there. I was so, yeah, there. I mean, you're, so like I said, like I was saying, your relationship needs to go through, you know, intense, passionate love, friends, support, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, uh, it's unrealistic to expect it to, to sail 
like intensely romantically through years and years of, of, of conquest if you're if you're doing things that are hard and you're doing things they that are physically stressful. They call bodybuilding the most selfish sport for a reason. <laughs> and with that being said, our roles are changing again. Uh, we are first lovers, but second, now I'm Stephen's coach. And he's powerlifting now. He's my training partner now. So Stephen said, you know, this whole time after the show is over that he was going to powerlift. And everybody's super excited for it. But there is, you know, a constant battle of who is stronger. And I told him, A, once he gets on the platform. And B, once he can beat my Wilkes, because pound for pound, that shit makes a difference. Or my dot score, whatever score you want to use. When we standardize the weights, we'll see. We'll see. You just got to get on the platform first. I don't know what any of that means. It's total above all. But he's been uh, doing good. It's been like a week and a half. He's only had one injury, two debilitating uh, <laughs> central nervous system days. And uh, he's like, you know, when he was bodybuilding, he's like, you don't understand how hard this is. It's the hardest thing ever. And then the other day when he was like all fucking shook, he's like, you don't understand what I'm going through. I'm like, yeah, I did the same fucking workout you it's did. It's my, my back. My neck. It's my, my back. My back. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to power lift and our 2021 plans together are, we decided several months ago that once a month, we were going to take a three-day weekend. And this was when he was still working, which is not allowed to take days off. But we decided we were going to do it, whether we had to leave on Friday night. So now that you know we have flexibility in our schedules, we're going to take a three-day weekend every month and do something. Whether it's a drive weekend away or we're going to fly to another city or do something. But once a month, we are going to have some type of vacation to you know not necessarily make up for all the memories we miss, but create new memories and enjoy our fucking 30s like... What is money for if you can't spend it? <laughs> Steven says that to me all the time because the other day I was like, I want to get this vegan sushi. And I was like, no, it's too expensive. And But we should enjoy our lives and the money we make. And what is it for, right? All right. So that's all the bullet points I had down for us. And now, as always, time for questions. Apparently, all of you guys want to know, A, if Steven is into butt stuff, B, if Steven will be willing to be into butt stuff, and C, how big his dick is. So... The answer to all of them is yes. <laughs> all right. First serious question. How do you stay on track with your diet when going out on dates? This one's difficult because from our point of view and perspective, like me being a vegetarian, there's different obstacles that we face in going out to eat. Um, we try to only go out to eat like once a week-ish because A, it's financially expensive and B, it does and can deter you from your aesthetic and athletic goals. But I would say, you know, you can pick something that's not like fucking burgers and fries every time. You can pick like a nice Mediterranean place where you can get something that's maybe out of your norm but not over the top and alcohol. Alcohol is <laughs> a lot of empty calories if you're drinking a lot when you're going out, especially on that date. Um... I would also say syncing up your training schedules is kind of important. So like if if I'm training on a Wednesday and Ashley's resting on a Wednesday, that's a wasted day. Like we could both rest on the Wednesday and, you know, eat accordingly throughout the day so that we can have a nice meal when we sit down at the end of the day. Um, that's something that we kind of fucked up during this bodybuilding prep is every time you were resting, I was training. And every time I was resting, you were training. Yeah. So we kind of like didn't have that evening where we could just kind of fucking woosah and chill out and go out and get something nice to eat. So... What Steven does is if he knows he's going out for a cheat meal or out to dinner, he eats no carbs throughout the day. So it's just protein and fats. And then that way it's kind of like, so he eats a little less calories than he would normally. That's a diet hack. Diet That's a hack. diet hack. So basically you're recovering insulin sensitivity and then you're still refueling for the next day of training with that huge cheat meal at the end of the day. The biggest challenge in your relationship, I feel like we touched a lot with bodybuilding. I don't know what the biggest challenge moving forward will be <laughs> now that that's over. It's pretty easy besides that. Yeah. Uh, d 
Does Steven coach too? No. <laughs> he did for about three days. Do you guys bounce ideas or technique off of each other? I would say uh, Steven has a lot of bro science. I have a lot of science. Um, we wouldn't... I. I don't think we really bounce ideas off of each other. Right now I'm teaching him the fundamentals of powerlifting since it's I, his squat is beautiful and perfect. But deadlift and bench, we got some work to do. People always want to know how to be successful in these sports, and it's just to get with someone who knows what they're doing and just do exactly what they fucking say. It doesn't matter what it is. Don't ask fucking questions. Just focus on, uh, you know, getting, getting the fucking shit done. So uh, I did that with my old coach, Phil. And the results were great. I'm doing that with Ashley now. She tells me how to do something. Widen your grip. Use your fucking legs. Blah, 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 blah. And it just, it, it seems to work. So, Did you take Steven's last name when you married? Ashley Contorno? Steven Valderrama? <laughs> I think not. The reason why I did not change my name is because in my first marriage to, uh, I almost forgot his name, Scott Pace. Um, <laughs> that's how much that marriage huge, meant to me. Huge shout out. Um, I took the name Ashley Pace, and then when we got divorced, I changed it back. And then I decided that no matter what, I was going to keep my name. Uh, a lot of it is because I, from that point to my current marriage, I got my doctorate, and I didn't want to go through all of the pain. I feel like it's kind of archaic for a woman to have to take a man's name, so I'm comfortable with being Dr. Ashley Contorno, and my husband is Stephen Baldrama, <laughs> and when we have kids, we can address that when it comes. We might just mesh our names into one and be Contornorama. What is your freaky kink? Just sit on my face, please. Drag Power that butthole drag. across <laughs> my face. Okay, quick side story. chin to forehead story. and back again. When I got blackout drunk, don't know what I was doing. I was somewhere having a great time, came home, and I was fucking horny. And I don't remember any of this, but... I go in the bedroom, and Steven's, like, asleep, and I wake him up. I'm like, babe, I'm horny. I want you to fuck me. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. And I was like, I will drag my asshole up and down your face, please, as I'm holding my ankles in the air. I guess he fucked me. I guess it was I good. I was like that duck from Duck Hunt. I just popped up, like, you'll do what? And then oh, really? I woke up, like, damn, I'm feeling good. He's like, do you remember what you did last night? Oh, I took like, I took, oh, I drank and I took a Xanax and I blacked out <laughs> and I, I had so, so little recollection of what happened. I was like, I could have committed a murder. I'm such a male feminist that I had a uh, consent form signed because <laughs> I felt uneasy. Absolutely. You don't want to get, you don't want to get fucking canceled nowadays. I felt uneasy. What are the fun parts of running a business together and what are the challenges? I would say that this question is hard to answer right now because our roles are so different. Um, Sometimes I dig into Steven a lot where I was like, I do everything for the business. But I'm also a fucking control freak and I make myself do everything for the business. But as we grow into these different roles where Steven's going to be at the gym more um, and he's emotionally and mentally available because he's not bodybuilding, we will be able to, you know, delineate roles a little bit more. I would say, like, it goes back to just a relationship tactic that we learned is learn how to fight and learn how to let shit go. Nothing's fucking personal. You're married. She loves you. You love her. Um... It's you and her against the problem, or him and him against the problem, whatever it is for you guys out there. Or her and her against the problem. Or her and her against the problem. But just, you gotta fucking put everything in perspective. We're trying to fucking succeed here. We're not trying to tear each other down. And sometimes you say stupid shit, or you do stupid shit, and you don't mean it, and an apology goes a long way. Like, hey, I didn't mean to say that that way, or that came across wrong. Like, you know, I don't think that uh, your fucking deadlift sucks. Like, it's okay. It's it's okay, in my opinion. You Check can your ego and just say you're sorry, because at the end of the day, it just makes it a lot better. <laughs> it's easier. How do you guys divide finances? We don't. I would say like six months in, we were same bank account. 
I, like I said, I'm a control freak, but I'm also really good at managing money. And like when I met Steven, he had like, he had two boxes. <laughs> he had one box that, that was, said important. That's where I kept my passport. And that was his filing system. <laughs> and then he had another box that was like, Checks, savings, money, savings. <laughs> At like ten thousand dollars in like, a shoebox. I was like, uh, safest place. How's this been working for you? <laughs> it worked fucking great. I have a bank account. Let's do this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, needless to say. Steven trusts me so wholeheartedly that, like, at any given time, he has no idea how much money we have in the bank. I'm like, hey, do you want to know? He's like, nope, I just want to act like I'm broke at all times because that's the best way to live life. <laughs> Steven also doesn't really care about fucking money. No, he doesn't. He's not emotionally attached to money at all. So, so we just, it, we like to use our personal strengths and weaknesses in the relationship to divide tasks as far as living in this world together. And one of my strengths is managing money and finance. Ashley would freak out if I. I don't have an issue letting her do everything, and also she would freak out if uh, I controlled anything like that. Yeah. Is Steven vegan as well? No. But Steven is not afraid to try, explore, and expand his palate. I love vegetarian food. Love vegan food. People who are, like, are so afraid of vegan food, and they'll like go to a vegan restaurant and be like, can I have french fries and a salad? <laughs> it's like the, so stupid. the culture of vegetarian and vegan food nowadays is just so... It's a lot better than regular food. They, you eat that jackfruit pulled pork sandwich, yeah. goddammit. It's excellent. So he has no problem, uh, now that, especially now that bodybuilding is over, uh, eating the things that I got. Your business goals for your new spot, and what else do you intend to expand in your empire? Uh, the business goals are to uh, not fail and expanding our <laughs> empire. So two years ago in April, um, so it'll be three years this upcoming April, damn, we bought a duplex. It happened very, very fast. One day, I just got on Redfin, and I saw this duplex that they just lowered the price $40,000. And I'm like, hey, I know you're at work, Papa, but I'm going to go look at this place. <laughs> and uh, I did, and then I was like, hey. I know you haven't seen this place, but we're going to put in an offer. And we did. And guess what? We own it now. Let's be real. Like the gym, the duplex has been my idea. I've been, before we opened the gym, I wanted to buy a duplex. I just always wanted one. Uh, that was I, what a savings box was for. I could never get my <laughs> shit together enough to buy one. Um, I've always had money, but it's always been like in the form of like a shoebox full of cash. <laughs> so like uh, when I finally established like a credit card, when I got married and all this stuff, um, these ideas that I throw to Ashley, she's just... Uh, the dumb ones, which we won't fucking bring up right now, like the gumball machine full of ammonia sniffers is an excellent idea. Oh, it's an excellent fucking idea. But, uh, you know, she'll, she's like, oh, yeah, we could totally do this. This is a great idea. And she's able to kind of, like, put legs to it and uh, get us from point A to point B. And the duplex was fucking great. The duplex was great until our tenants burned us during COVID. Oh. <laughs> Bless their fucking hearts, you fucking pieces of shit. Anywho, we want to buy another one. <laughs> yeah. So this year we want to buy another one. We want to move the gym. We obviously want the gym to be successful, but moreover for me, because I don't give a fuck about money, I want the same vibe, the old gym, to be carried into the new gym. And I'm not talking about like this, we're better than you, uh, powerlifting, serious vibe to the normal gym goers. I'm just talking about like, when you walk in there, I want it to feel like a fucking, like a, like a skate shop. Like a skate shop where everybody knows your fucking name. I just want it to be loud music, noise, all over the fucking walls. I just want it to be colorful and bright. And I want people just to feel like, damn, this is a really cool, different space. And, uh, like we have now. And, uh, just way bigger. So, we'll see if we can succeed with that. I'm not sure if it's scalable. 
Um, another goal I want for my 33rd birthday, which will be in October, is I want my dream car that I've been drooling over for about seven years. It's a Porsche Macan Turbo GTS. Um, I'm okay with a used one. I would like it blue <laughs> with red interior. We've test drove it before. Um, just saying, throwing that out there. Still want to keep the Jeep. The Jeep will be paid off. And, uh, I like fancy sports cars. And, uh, there we go. So, anywho, <laughs> dropping that. Uh, ah! Oh my god! I dropped my pencil. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Who's that? Uh, I'm just saying uh, something that Stephen does that annoys me is the next question. This motherfucker, like, he can literally like get a paper cut, and you would think he cut off his own finger or got shot in the dick. I'm very intense. I'm very focused. So like today, no. today I was like putting some eggs into a piece of Tupperware. Ashley asked me a dumb question. I can't remember what it was. I turned around, stuck my hand in the Tupperware, and spilled the eggs. Of course I shouted. Of course I was shocked. Screamed violently. <laughs> I fucking dropped the eggs. It's like, so it was... annoying. It's so annoying. Because like because I love and care about him, my heart <laughs> sinks into the bottom of my stomach. Like, oh my God, did the love of my life just cut off his arm? No, he fucking dropped his eggs. What do I do that annoys you? Uh, Come on, there's something. It's hard for me because I like love the fucking shit out of you. So like, and I, there's things about your personality that, uh, I like less than other things, like <laughs> like how you're ready to go after half a cup of coffee at fucking five in the morning, but I couldn't... Lindsay hates that too. But I couldn't have that, like, that's part of your personality. Like, I couldn't have all the other things about your personality, how strong you are, how fucking hard you go after things, how alert and aware you are, how you see, you seem to see, like, the 360-degree view of problems as opposed to just, like, the 180. Um, I couldn't have that kind of, like, hyper-vigilance without you getting up at fucking five in the morning, having a cup of coffee and ricocheting off the walls and wondering why I'm not so excited. So like I, I take that take that with grain of salt. How has your personal relationship influenced your business relationship? I would say that in being together for four and a half years, like Steven said before, learn how to fight. Um, when we first opened the gym, oh, oh my God. God, tooth and nail, we would have these fights about like the dumbest shit <laughs> and like hold on to it for days and days and days. And like as we're planning this huge move into this huge space that's going to cost like 10 times the fucking amount, <laughs> we fought like once and like we keep reflecting on it like, holy shit, we haven't fought about any of these decisions. Like we're spending. I think that it's, I think it's a combination of we know what's going to work and time because the things we would fight over last time was like, that cross trainer shouldn't go there. It doesn't look good. And I'd be like, yes, it does. That's where it should go. And then we'd fucking, you know, well, shut up, bitch. Oh, you call me a bitch? Oh, blah, blah. And we would just go back and forth and it'd be like an epic fucking fight. Oh, these colors fucking suck. These are very, colors are very important to me. Oh, fuck these colors. Blah, blah, blah. And it would just be like over the dumbest thing. So we just learned how to fight in our personal relationship and that has carried over and really tremendously helped our business relationship. <laughs> I think recognizing your strengths and weaknesses is a big deal. Like, uh, there's certain things that you're just good at and... It's, they might be weird things. Like, uh, like I, I seem to be good at just like picturing things before we put them in and just knowing which way they should go. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just something Logistics. I'm good at. My it's just something I'm good at. Or just that. picturing like a, a completed mural and how it's going to blend. And I, I can just picture whether it's going to look cool or not. I, I don't know. I've Speaking never... of murals, we got some sick-ass fucking murals planned for 2.0. The new gym is going to be interesting, <laughs> to say the least. But... Do you guys plan on having kids? And if so, how far from now? It's actually something we've been talking about extensively. In two years, if Ashley's not knocked up, I'm competing again in a bodybuilding show. Oh, jeez. I thought we don't do ultimatums. That's the fucking law. Someone asked what are our kids' names. Um, we actually planned our ch children's, unborn children's names about 
three weeks into dating, four <laughs> weeks into dating, we have a gentleman name of Broderick Benjamin. We're going to call him Brody. We have a female name of Leona Clementine, and Papa wants to call her Clem. And then we have a gender neutral or can be either gender name. Taco. No. Willow Lee. Or it'll be Willa Lee, um, which is a combination of the two places that we both grew up, Willoughby, Ohio, and Lee Vining, California. Uh, and it's fucking adorable. So we don't know how many kids we're going to have. We do want to have kids. I'm just not ready to give up my womb yet. It took me nine years to become Dr. Ashley, and I've only been practicing for five, and I just want a little bit more time We may adopt to be if, if we wait too long. It's we will. Time. We're okay with that. What... A TRT, how can it help support a lifter whose estrogen and test aren't balanced? Steven. Look, when you go, this is something that took me forever to fucking understand. All doctors don't know everything. So if you go to a doctor and he's giving you some kind of weird bullshit or he acts like he doesn't know, that's not the doctor for you. I didn't realize that until I got with Ashley. She's like, you need to go get another opinion after speaking to certain doctors about like things like TRT because some doctors don't understand. They don't, I don't know if they just don't take continuing education. I don't know if they're just not up on their research or whatever. But if that, if you're going to your doctor and he's not bringing these things up to you or at least giving you like the risk reward, then that doctor is not the doctor for you. Okay. But I will say this, if you're over 40, most likely your test levels are going to be lower. And if you're participating in these fucking strength sports and living an active lifestyle and you want to obviously be as young and virile as you can, TRT is a, is a super viable option. You know, I, like, I would say 70 to 80% of the dudes I know close personally who are into things that I'm into that are that age are on some form of TRT. How vital is it to have good training partners? I've had multiple training partners. I would say, like, it, I guess it just depends on what your goals are and what you're doing. As far as powerlifting, like, personally, I need someone there with me when I'm benching. I can't take out of the rack more than 185 pounds, and I can bench over 300. Just barely, but it is. Humble brag. Uh, so it's like I need some, you know, spotting, training, stuff like that. If you're, And it depends on how motivated you are intrinsically, extrinsically. Do you need someone there to push you or not? Um, I love – I've – pretty much had training partners for the majority of my weightlifting career. And it's something that I don't feel like I need, but it's something that I enjoy. And like, if you're with a person you can have fun with, that's all the more better. Like I've loved training with Steven for these past couple of weeks. We used to train together before uh, bodybuilding was so serious. And before we had the gym and I've missed it because it's a different aspect of our relationship and personalities that is fun. In my opinion, it's everything. Uh, it was to the point now with my last training partner where if I knew he wasn't going to be there, which was very rare, I wouldn't even train that day because uh, I knew that I couldn't take it to the fucking level of intensity that I needed to. Um, now I'm just excited to have training partners because I'm powerlifting, so there's just so many fucking plates. It's only one man. I'm only one man. Unloading seven, eight plates is no fun. Lazy motherfucker. So I need people there like, oh, hey, come train with me. Uh, yeah, pull these fucking plates off, bro. I need a 25 and like six fives. So that, that's, how I, that's how I roll, but... What is it like supporting someone through a bodybuilding prep and competition? I know we touched on this a little bit, but the one thing I want to say is like what we have tried to do as much as possible is stagger our competitions so that we're not on gear at the same time as much as possible. Like this, this past show, I think we were like two months on gear at the same time and then not having our competitions be uh, at the same time as well because one person needs to take a back seat while the other person's driving and, you know, be there to give directions, turn left here, turn right there while the other person's trying to focus on the road. And I feel like that's how you do it successfully. So, you know, that's just, that's what I wanted to add about that. 
I feel like support is like a uh, blanket term, but there's just so many, so many little things that you do along the way. Like Ashley did so many, so many little things for me. Um, and a lot of times it's just doing nothing. It's just understanding like, hey, you know, this motherfucker's five weeks out. He's fucking starving. He's cranky. He doesn't hate me. He's just hungry. He's just tired. Let me give him the fucking benefit of the doubt. Let me put on a TV show that he wants to see or whatever it is. And uh, th those little things along the way, when I reflect on that, on this prep and how difficult it was for those last couple weeks, I just keep picturing Ashley like kind of making those small compromises for me. Like whether I was freezing cold and it was 80 degrees in the apartment, we would still turn the heater on and she would sit there in her underwear and sweat it out because I was fucking so lean that I was so cold. So those little like, uh, those little things, they, they just go... They go so far, and remember, when you're prepping, you're not angry, you don't hate the world, you are just hungry. So, <laughs> you know, just chill. Remember that. Just chill. <laughs> what is the craziest DMs you've gotten? So, I think, I don't know about Steven, <laughs> but I've gotten two that were fucking Hold awesome. Wait. We can handle me real quick. I get the same shit all the time. Can I, what's up with your butt? Can I put things in your butt? Do you like things in your butt? Let me take pictures of your butt. Send me your posing trunks. How much for a flexing session? That's pretty much the craziest shit that I get. Or, or uh, hey, I saw you walking into this store, bro. Like, cool. Nice to see you. So those, that's as crazy as it's getting for me. But Ashley's got a couple that are cool, just excellent. Like, couldn't be any better. Which one first? Or creepier. The movie I don't or know. the pictures? I don't know. The dick one is just... Okay, so I get it. Some, <laughs> I haven't gotten a lot of DPs lately, but, like, it's something we like to share and bond over. So this one time, this dude, congratulations to you and your fucking cock. Because this thing was the biggest thing I've ever seen. So he sent me a series of photos, probably, like, six or seven, of him in various locations Obviously with his dick out. Obviously, he's an African-American dude, had a dick that was, like, as, as big, big as, as my... Forearm. Yeah, as big yeah. as my arm. And, like, so he's, like, there's a picture of him, one, like, he's, like, in the car... And he's sitting in the driver's seat, and the fucking thing is past the window. Like, the tip is past the window. <laughs> and his thing was he would take it out in, like, public places and take pictures of it with people in the background. Because that picture, it was past the window, but there was a lady chilling on the corner with, like, a shocked look on her face. Like, oh, my God, this guy's dick is massive. But then this there was a couple in the bathroom, and he's sitting on the toilet, which is like, why the fuck would you send someone? But it was impressive because I don't know if it was hard or if it was soft, but it was, like, down to his fucking knee. <laughs> and I was like, Steven, you got to fucking see these pictures. Holy shit. This motherfucker could crack fucking coconuts with this dick. And dick. I think I complimented it and I was like, dude, that's a nice <laughs> that's dick, a bro. Guy. Like, thank you. I fucking wanted to compliment it. Like, you gotta give respect where respect is due. It was due. due. <laughs> and the other one was... This dude, too, though. He could go down, like, I would marry this man as well. Like, for different <laughs> reasons. They both deserve some sort of uh, marriage or reward. But this dude... It was an Indian <laughs> gentleman and he somehow manufactured a video, like a cartoon style, but it was him and I... He obviously drew it by hand because it looked exactly like Ashley and the fucking dude looked exactly like him. It, it was like a Cinderella-esque sweeping <laughs> me away in a swirl of Animation. dancing. Like ballroom dancing in a wedding dress and it, and then like it like kind of like spearheaded into like a heart gesture yeah. with like our it was a video of us like getting married and dancing <laughs> and it was like maybe like 10 or 15 seconds and it was like one of those videos where you can only replay once so I got to play yeah. it for Steven but I couldn't save it the kiss at the end like the animated kiss was just like oh, I was geez. like damn it was fucking cool so here, here this dude is drawing full on fucking animations and I can't even like Ashley's like can you make me a cup of coffee and I'm like oh shit I drank I drank the last one like fuck me so like Watch your fucking Mr. Steer girl out here. About 20 people wanted to know if we will ever do or participate in OnlyFans, and the answer is the no. The answer is possibly. Come the on. Gym, the, okay. The gym takes a shit. I thought we discussed it. The gym takes a shit. Anyways, uh, drugs. Uh, I've done two PED podcasts. We could possibly do a couples drugs kind of podcast in the future. How many gyms have you and Ashley bagged in? 
banged, not bagged, <laughs> bagged for the gains. Uh, we've never had sex in any gym, including our own, because we have couth and higher morals, okay? We're there to fuck shit up, not fuck each other That's up. right. Can we get more Totally New Tuesdays? Yes. Now that Steven is in a better mindset, he's already, I've been begging him, like, please, because we used to do Totally New Tuesdays with him in some kind of obviously naked in a setting and who did it better Fridays where we do some kind of comparison photo of Steven and I participating in the same thing or wearing the same outfit. And obviously I always do, but we haven't done that in a long fucking time, but we're back on that train. We've already have been thinking of ideas. Steven's now got some artistic vision back. Do fries go with that shake, baby boy. Mm, you know it, homie. Um, Someone was asking kind of about our fitness life together. Um, we both were very, very much involved highly as much as we are now into the fitness lifestyle before we met. And I feel like it's very hard to have a relationship with someone who's so involved at the gym, who's there for two to four hours a day and have your counterpart not be or understand that kind of lifestyle or insert whatever hobby it is that takes that much time out of you that many hours a week where it's like a part-time job that person needs to be on the same page of understanding otherwise it creates a riff i'm gonna read a little deeper into this question and i'm just gonna say you want to focus on your relationship with your significant other fitness wise intimacy wise all these things wise before you focus on telling the world about your relationship with your significant other. So like, make sure you're cultivating true intimacy before you're posting about true intimacy. Because all that other Instagram bullshit will come later if you guys are real. How many dogs would you guys like to have? Oh my God, hundreds. As many as possible? Yeah. <laughs> do you guys get stares when you go out? And if so, how do you deal with them? <laughs> yes, I love to answer this question. So Steven and I went out to Huntington Beach. There's like this outdoor mall. We're in beautiful, sunny California. This is uh, probably They're around... Coming. Oh, yeah, October. Yeah. So all these people are outside doing all this stuff, and there was, like, someone playing music, and there's, like, a courtyard, and we're walking, and people were filming the chick that was playing music. And then as we're walking, Steven's, like, oblivious, and I noticed the phones are turning to him. <laughs> and, like, there was probably, like, ten people recording and taking pictures of us walking. And I know it wasn't me. This dude looked like Jay Cutler in his fucking prime in a tank top. He's like, why is everybody fucking staring? I'm like, Steven, because you look like a fucking no, freak of nature. I think it's because they thought I was Gimli from Lord of the Rings. But I'll take that, because he was a character is very important to the story who wears the pants in the house <laughs> metaphorically of course uh look man you got to know your role nova okay? <laughs> when you're paddling a boat it doesn't really matter who's paddling uh it's we're trying to paddle the boat the same direction so it doesn't really matter who's fucking leading it as long as you're fucking following hard how do the random naked pics happen i honestly don't know how it started i've had a nudity issue since i was young uh <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's insecurity. I just want to be fucking, you know, naked and fearless wherever I can be. So I, I think we just kind of like, as I got bigger, it got more and more, look at this. But when I was like 160 pounds, I was like, oh, there's a weird naked guy on me. It's like... More nudity to come. That's all I got to say about that. But uh, leaving out a lot of uh, more butthole dick and uh, sexual questions, I think we've answered enough of those. Uh, sex life is good now, in case you're wondering. It's about... Once or twice a day. <laughs> no, it's it's frequent. It's frequent. We're back. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, I want to do more podcasts with Steven because I fucking love him and I've missed him. And uh, I think the next one I'm going to do probably is about the next sec steps of the gym. And we'll see. But thank you all. And bye-bye.